we are always, always blessed uh, to celebrate um, all the great things that our grandparents uh, have, have uh, uh, just poured into our lives. And I'm blessed uh, for my grandparents. I will see them one day again uh, in heaven. But I was blessed with great, great uh, grandparents and, and just awesome Awesome people. I can be here all morning talking about all the great things uh, about them and, and how they invested in my life. And so I am so blessed to have had them um, in my life growing up. And uh, uh, I read this quote. I read this quote. It says this. It says, if I had only known before how great it is to have grandchildren, I would have had them first. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it is to be a grandparent, and I am, believe me, I am in no rush whatsoever. Mean that from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> but I bet it is, it is an, it, a whole different experience. <laughs> I know it is. I see all your smiley faces, and you're thinking, oh, man, payback. Payback is, it tastes so good. <laughs> I read a story that was written by an eight-year-old, and it says this. This eight-year-old wrote this. It said, uh, she says, a grandmother is a lady who has no children of her own, <laughs> so she likes other people's boys and girls. <laughs> grandmas, don't all, grandmas don't have anything to do except be there. If they take us for walks, they slow down past pretty leaves and caterpillars. They never say, hurry up. Usually they are fat, but not too fat to tie shoes. <laughs> Whew. It's real. Says, <laughs> she says, they wear glasses, and sometimes they can take their teeth out. <laughs> That's a superpower there. <laughs> they can answer questions like, why dogs hate cats? And why God isn't married. They don't talk like visitors, which they don't talk like visitors do, which is hard to understand. When they read to us, they don't skip words or mind if it is the same story again. Everyone, everybody should try to have a grandma, especially if you don't have television. <laughs> this is way back, right? Because grandmas are the only grown-ups who always have time. Mm. Wow. Isn't that so true? Not about the weight, about, you know, them having a lot of time. <laughs> and we are so blessed we could think of our grandparents growing up. And the different type of relationship, I can say, that we had with our grandparents than what we had with our parents. Not saying that... What we had with our parents was anything negative, but it was a different kind of relationship. And it was just like this. I can say the same thing, how my grandparents had time, it seemed like. Like they, like they weren't looking at their watch when they were with me, thank God. It was like they had more than 24 hours in the day. The days seemed like they lasted forever. But they always had that time, and that's one thing that I can, one of the many great things that I can say and I was blessed, like I said, to have amazing grandparents. And my, grand, my grandma had a lot of grandkids. And, and I remember her being at every birthday party. 
being at every graduation, being at every school, you know, you know, big school event that we had, school functions. She was at everything. I mean, it seemed like, like my grandma only had time for us. It was all about us, and it was a beautiful thing. And I believe grandparents are very vital in the building of the next generation. Because I know as young parents, having young children, you can get caught up in the busyness of life. You can, you can be, you can be uh, uh, spending your time you know, working to provide for your family. You know, stressing about this or that. Having to raise young children. I mean, it's not easy to raise young children. And all these things that young parents go through, and their children, sadly, can, can, have, can maybe think, well, I wish dad had more time. I wish mom had more time. And it's a beautiful thing to see how those grandparents can fill all of these, maybe I would say, voids, if I can use that word, in these children's lives. These things that these children need in the proper upbringing and raising. And it's so awesome to see how God uses each generation in a different way. And as I can think of so many great qualities uh, of a grandparent, I want to look at one specifically uh, this morning. And that is the topic of wisdom. Wisdom. I want to speak on wisdom this morning. Because I mean, you know that as, as grandparents, if, if you are one this morning or you can think of your grandparents, if you are not a grandparent today, I mean, know that there is wisdom in their lives. There's wisdom in their words. If you would just listen to them, you would be blessed because there is wisdom in what they want to convey to you. I believe grandparents are called to pass on a heritage of faith to future generations. They're at a different stage in their life. Most likely, they've already raised their children because now, now their children are having children. So their children are grown up. They've already gone through that process of life. And now they can have their grandchildren over their, their, their houses and spoil them rotten. Amen, grandparents? <laughs> spoil them rotten. <laughs> Give them all the sweets they could ever want. Let them stay up late and then give them to your kids. <laughs> Don't have to worry about putting them to bed because you ain't putting them to bed. Your kids are. And you say, oh, what a blessed time this is. Payback. <laughs> Different stages that we go through in our lives. Proverbs 17, verse 6 says this. It says, children's children a.k.a. grandchildren, are the crown of old men and women. The crown. Like I said, not being a grandparent myself, I don't actually know the experience firsthand. Experiencing it for myself. 
but I'm sure for you, they're a crown. They're a crown to you. Look at them and you think, oh, what a blessing they are. I love my grandkids. I want more. And your kids are like, you're crazy. <laughs> Proverbs 24, verse 3 says, Homes are built on the foundation of wisdom and understanding. Solomon says, Homes are built on the foundation of wisdom and understanding. This is how vital and key it is for you and I to have wisdom. Proverbs 24, verse 14 says, get wisdom, Solomon says. He says, get wisdom. Tell your neighbor to get wisdom. Come on, tell him again. You really need wisdom. Solomon urges, I believe, and says in 24:14, get wisdom and you'll have a bright future. How many of you would, would like a bright future in your life, amen? In your family's life, you want a bright future. Then you need wisdom, Solomon says. If you are going to have a bright future, you need to invite wisdom into your life. You need to have wisdom as the foundation in your home. I titled this message this morning, Word to the Wise. Word to the Wise. Solomon writes in Proverbs 8.22. I got many verses out of Proverbs this morning, so I need you to write them down. Put them in your phone. Proverbs 8.22, Solomon writes this, and he says, The Lord formed me from the beginning. Talking about wisdom. The Lord formed me wisdom from the beginning. Before he created anything else. In this verse, we, f- we see that wisdom is being personified. Wisdom is being described as a person. It says, the Lord formed me wisdom from the beginning. What was wisdom saying was that he was saying, I was involved in God's magnificent creation. Wisdom was a pillar in God's creation. I know I said he earlier, but Proverbs refers to wisdom as she. You know that? I believe that's key. I believe that that was done on purpose. I believe, I believe uh, Solomon did that. It was intentional. What does that mean? I believe that our wives' husbands carry wisdom in their lives. They carry wisdom in their words. God sent them to you as a helpmate. How many of you husbands believe that, that your wife is a helpmate for you? Amen. I couldn't do what I do without my wife. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my wife. But Solomon says, he says, refers to wisdom as she. When he says this, he says that, When the Bible says this, that the words of a godly wife are wise, she will greatly enrich your life. So husbands this morning, you need to listen to your wives a little more. Amen. You need to to pay attention to what she's saying. 
You need to really, really, really take heed to her direction. Why? Because she is watching out for you. Don't get her upset first, all right? Because <laughs> then the words might, might not be too good. <laughs> but let her speak into your life, and you need to listen. God's going to help you through her, through her direction in your life. Solomon writes all about his vain, meaningless pursuits in life, all the wasted days in pursuit of happiness. You know, for a wise man, he seemed to have done some pretty dumb things. But I mean, you know that we're human, right? God says that he was the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, and whoever will be. But he was only human. He also made mistakes like you and I make. Even though he was the wisest man who ever lived, the Bible says, he made some dumb choices in his life. And we need to learn also from him that God does not expect us to be perfect. That when, we, that when God gives you wisdom, it doesn't mean that you will no longer make bad decisions in your life. Those things will still happen. But how many know that God is faithful? How many know that, that, that God can still use your life? God can still call you the wisest person who ever lived. Isn't that awesome? Considering all the things that Solomon did wrong, he was still called that in the Bible. That's God. That's his grace and his mercy. See, the wisdom of the world, we know what the wisdom of the world says. If it, if it, if it works, then it must be the right thing to do. All right? If it's profitable, it must be the wise thing to do. If it makes me happy. How about that one? We know, we've all lived there before. Come on. If we could be honest this morning. If it makes me happy, it must be the wise thing to do. And how many know that it wasn't the wise thing to do? Many of those decisions that we thought was best for us, was actually not. What, what, what we thought was actually going to help us actually hurt us. Why? Because we were basing it off of human wisdom. We were basing it off of worldly wisdom. We were basing it off of what our flesh desired. And we thought our flesh knew it all at the time. Little did we know that we were being led astray. Why? Because our flesh is, is sinful in nature. Paul refers to the wisdom of the world in 1 Corinthians 1.20 as foolish. He calls the wisdom of the world foolish. Straight out. Doesn't beat around the bush. Doesn't sugarcoat it. He said, if you're following the wisdom of the world, you are a fool. See, because the Bible calls or defines wisdom as doing what is right, just, and fair. That's godly wisdom. David writes in Psalm 111, verse 10, and he says this, he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You need to fear God. What does that mean? That you're going to be shaking in your boots because God is there? No, it's a reverent fear. This is what the Bible talks about. 
that you don't just do right things when you think that God is watching you because God is always watching us. And that we should have this reverent fear of the Lord that says, God, I'm, gonna, I'm going to honor you with my actions. I'm going to honor you with the words that I use. I'm going to honor you, Lord, even in my thoughts. Whoo! That's tough. We need God to help us with our thoughts. Because you could, you could think in your head, well, you know what? I didn't say it, so, so it's not that bad. No, it's, you still have some things that you need to wash out. Just because you didn't spew it out of your mouth doesn't mean that some things need to be corrected in your life. God wants to clear those, and God wants to clean that out, amen, in our lives. He wants us to have pure thoughts, amen? How many of you want pure thoughts? I do. I sincerely do. Let's read the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. Paul writes this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I, don't, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust, not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Paul, being intentional in the message that he gave to the people, the church of Corinth, he said, I don't want to come prepared with all these great big words that would leave you like, like this, like, what is he even talking about? He said, I kept it simple for you. But I brought you the word that the Holy Spirit put upon my heart. And I relied solely upon the power of God to transform, to break through those hardened hearts, to get through those, those, those plugged ears. I allowed God to do his work. Why? Because Solomon writes this in Proverbs 2, verse 6. He says, for the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. See, that's why. Paul wanted it to come from God. Why? Because from God comes knowledge and understanding. Only he can give true wisdom. Doing what is right, just, and fair. My first point this morning here is this. Wisdom equals right decisions. Wisdom equals right decisions. First Kings chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? He says, Ask, and I will give it to you. Verse 9, Solomon responds and says, Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. 
For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased, the Bible says, that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies. (laughs) God knows people's hearts, right? God knows what certain people would have asked for. He says, because you didn't ask for these things, but because you asked for wisdom, he says, I will give you what you asked for. He says, I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. What does that tell you this morning? Was Solomon anyone special that God would give to him and not to others? Could Solomon be God's favorite and just... Grant him whatever he wants. I believe God wants to give that to you as well. I believe God is waiting for you to ask for for something like that. Instead, what do we find ourselves asking for at times? We might find ourselves asking for wealth. We may find ourselves asking for more time. We may find ourselves sadly asking for someone to be removed from the earth. But how many of us have asked God for wisdom? He gave Solomon wisdom. I believe he's going to give it to you as well if you ask. I believe he wants to give it to you. I believe he's waiting to give you his wisdom. James chapter 1 and verse 5, James 1, 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. James got it. He says, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. James understood it. James was in class that morning. He believed what took place in Solomon's life. He wasn't around when Solomon was alive, but he believed it. That if you ask, you will receive See, wisdom comes from God alone. We need to understand that the wisdom that God gave Solomon, not only did it bring prosperity upon himself, the Bible says, but also to those around him. Well, I believe God's going to use that to bless your home. As you make God's wisdom the foundation in your home, he's going to bless that home. He's going to help you in raising your young children. He's going to help you in raising those teenagers. He's going to help you in continuing to raise those young adults. How many of you could use some help, parents, in raising teenagers, young children, young adults? Oh, man. We need help. We need help. It's not an easy task. Ask God for wisdom. The foundation of wisdom is God himself. No wisdom exists apart from the fear of the Lord, doing what is right, just, and fair. See, wisdom is closely connected to righteousness and stays away from evil. Proverbs 8.12 says, I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I like that. I like how that's worded. 
Yeah, wisdom and good judgment, you know, they're, they're bunking up together. Where one goes, the other one does. We're a team. We're a unit. I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. See, God wants you to have wisdom. Why? So that you could have good judgment in your life. I mean, know that even as adults, we need good judgment. We need it. Even in your, even in your late ages, you still need good judgment. God, help my mind to be, to be on point. I want good judgment, Lord. Give me wisdom. Help me to see things clearly. I ask you this morning, are you living with good judgment? Or are you living apart from God? Apart from wisdom? Because you aren't involving Him in your daily decision making. You aren't seeking his direction for you and for your household. This morning, I'm glad you're here because you're gonna have an opportunity today to invite wisdom into your home, to invite wisdom into your life. You need to open that door to wisdom. Let it come into your home. Close the door to the lies of the enemy that try to cause division that try to separate what God has brought together. You need to come against it in Jesus' name. You need to invite wisdom. Let her bless your life. I like what James says in James chapter 1 and verse 22. He says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. I mean, all that reading God's word is good. You need to read God's word. It's good. But how many know that following it is even better? It's good to read it, but it's even better to follow it. That's what God seeks for you and I. So wisdom leads to right decisions in our lives, helps us to live a righteous life, to live with good judgment, to make those decisions in our lives that will, that will bless us, instead of rob us. Secondly here, how do we attain wisdom? Well, firstly is through observation and experience. Proverbs 6, verse 6 through 8 says this. Consider the ways of the ant and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. See, much of our learning comes from learning from others, doesn't it? I'm telling you right now it does because you cannot, you don't have the time on this earth to learn from every single mistake that you would have to make to learn about everything. You don't have the time on this earth to make all those mistakes and to learn from them. So what do you and I have to do? We learn from others. We know that that's a time saver in our lives among many other things that we are saved from by learning from others. It's a great way of learning. I believe that learning by mistake has a different, you may have a different uh, experience 
in learning something because, believe me, when you make certain mistakes, you won't do them again. But to learn from others is what God, I believe God wants us to, to do. And he says, look to the ants and be wise. See how it stores for the next season in its life. Are you preparing for that next season in your life? Well, I don't know what it's going to be. It doesn't matter. You need to prepare. Are you preparing for what may be up ahead? What does that mean? Are you seeking God to help you because you don't know what's going to happen in your life? But guess who does? God. So you need to go to the one who knows your future so that you can prepare properly. Does that make any sense this morning? We learn as young kids, we are constantly learning. I remember always, always wanting to learn from my dad. Always. Always. Now my son does the same thing. Why? Because that's what young children do. They want to learn. Give them everything that you possibly can to grow their minds because they're like sponges. They're watching you. And this is how God wants us to learn as well. We learn this through observation and through experience. We also learn through instruction. Proverbs 22, verse 17 says, Listen to the words of the wise. Apply your heart to my instruction, for it is good to keep those sayings in your heart and always ready on your lips. I am teaching you today, yes, you, so you will trust in the Lord. These are many things that we learn from our, our parents, our grandparents. We learn through instructions. I know your grandparents are always speaking into your life. Why? Because they're at a different stage in their life. They've been through this. They've been through that. They know, they know what, what needs attention and what you can just let go of. Don't sweat the small stuff, basically. They've been through it. And so they're able to share some wisdom with you. But we learn by instruction. We also learn by correction. Hmm. How many of you enjoy being corrected? No hands. Wow. I'm surprised. <laughs> See, the true test of character is when you're corrected. It's the true test to see what you are all about, to see how you handle correction. How do you respond when someone corrects you? What do they know? Are you kidding me? They're telling me what I can and can't do? You gotta be kidding me. Look at their life. They're not perfect. Have any of you ever thought that before? We're in church, remember. <laughs> God, help us. How when we're corrected, we start pointing out their faults. It's amazing what we do. But it shows character. It shows what you're truly made of. Solomon writes this in Proverbs 12, verse 1. He says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. Mm. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. 
That's what Solomon said. Hey, take it up with the Holy Spirit who put it on his heart to say those words. He who hates correction is stupid. Man, what does that mean? That means that when you're walking off a cliff and someone says, hey, you're about to walk off a cliff, and you say, well, what do you know? You're a fool. Wouldn't you consider that person a fool? Correction is good for us. We need it. Allow God to do that working in your life. Don't let pride rise up during those times. You're going to miss out on so many good things when you let pride take over. Don't do it. Don't do it. I've done it many times. Don't do it. How do you respond to correction? How do you respond to instruction? We need to understand that we're going to make mistakes in life. That's just a given. And correction is necessary. But we need to learn from those mistakes and allow correction to take its course. We also learn through divine revelation. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 20. Second Peter 1.20 says this, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding. Mm. Or from human initiative. No, the Bible says, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. There's going to be instances in our lives where we're going to be learning wisdom through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to be speaking to you. The Holy Spirit's going to be convicting you. You're going to know, what it, you're going to know who it is, why? Because the Holy Spirit, let me give you a little tip here on how to recognize if it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to draw you closer to God. So when that voice is speaking to you, and, or maybe you're getting convicted about something, and that conviction or that voice is drawing you closer to God, then you know it's the Holy Spirit. But if that voice or that conviction is drawing you away from God, then you know where that's from. Little things for us to know and for us to decipher when it comes to God speaking to you and I. You need to know his voice. You need to know when he's speaking to you. You need to know when to move. When God says move, you need to move. When God says stay, you need to remain. Amen? You need to know his voice. When God says shut up, you need to shut your mouth. When God says listen, you need to listen. And when God says speak, you need to speak. Many ways that we learn, many ways that we attain wisdom, observation, experience, instruction, divine revelation. So what do we need to do? We need to value wisdom. Proverbs 8, verse 6 says this, Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth and detest every kind of deception. My advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. What does that mean for you and I? That means that whenever you speak the words of God, the words of Christ, 
That means that everything you say is right. When you speak God's word over your life and or over someone else's life, what you are saying is right. It's going to build. It's going to grow. It's going to lift up. Proverbs 4 says to love wisdom and she will guard you, embrace her, and she will honor you. You need to value wisdom. You need to value it like you, like you value things, uh, you know, value other things in your life. Maybe you bought a new car and you value that new car. So what do you do? You take care of it like you've never taken care of a car before. You're washing it every day. Your neighbors think you're crazy. And they're just thinking in their head, one day that car is going to be old for them and they won't be doing this every single day. <laughs> it's going to be like every other thing that they have in their house. They're not going to value it anymore, is what they're saying. We need to value wisdom. Not just when you receive it, but each and every day. Even many years later when after God poured that into your life and God gave you wisdom in, in a certain situation and you think, oh, that was, back, that was back then. How about now? God wants to still keep pouring wisdom into your life, but you need to value it. Lastly here is that godly wisdom leads to the best God has for us. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 3 says, states that the purpose of these wise sayings here in the book of Proverbs are for this purpose, to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. How many of you want to live successful lives? Then it must be disciplined. It must be disciplined. You will not experience success just by living willy-nilly. Just by flying by the seat of your pants and, oh, wherever this takes me, this takes me. No, you live intentional. You live intentional. You live like a person with purpose. Why? Because God created you with purpose. And God has the best for you. He always has and he always will. In closing, as our worship team comes forward this morning, do you want wisdom in your life? Do you? This is up to you. I can't answer for you. I'm sorry. I know what I want in my life. What do you want? What do you want out of life? What do you want out of these X amount of years that you're going to be living here on earth? What do you want? What do you want God to give you? What are you seeking? What are you desiring? What do you feel like you're lacking in your life? What is it? What are you chasing after? Come on. Think about it. What are you pursuing in life? Every one of us has a pursuit. It doesn't matter how young or old we are. We are all pursuing something or another. What is it? What do you want? What are you asking God for? Because I'll tell you right now, 
God is gonna give you exactly what you need. Maybe not what you want, but what you need. And that's even better. That's gonna be better for your life. And if you want wisdom this morning, then you need to enter a relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to begin this relationship with God the Father. If you're gonna have wisdom in your life, if this is gonna take place, the one who has all wisdom, the creator of wisdom, he is the giver. Proverbs 4, verse 5 says this, sell everything, Solomon says. He says, sell everything and buy wisdom. I think that puts it in a perfect picture of what you and I need to do and the importance of it. He says, sell everything and buy wisdom. It's far greater than anything that you will ever have. Any possession, any kind of financial compensation, whatever home you live in. Solomon says, oh, I'm telling you right now, if you, oh my goodness, if you just understood, if you experienced what I've experienced, Solomon's saying, you would sell everything and buy wisdom. He says, throw your arms around her. Believe me, you won't regret it. Never let her go, he says. She'll make your life glorious. The Bible says to hold on to wisdom with your dear life. Wisdom comes from loving God. Wisdom comes from loving God. I know you grandparents, if you could speak anything into your children, your, your grandchildren's life, your great-grandchildren's life, I guarantee you it would be to love God. If you were on your last breath, I guarantee you that your last words would be, I love you, love God. Love God. Why? Because this is what really matters. This is true wisdom. These are all of the years pouring from my life into yours. And they come down to these few words to love God. If you want to know what life is about, love God. If you want to know what to do here or there, love God. If you want to know how to love others, love God. If you have a problem forgiving someone, love God. If you've been hurt in your life, Love God. Let him love you. God's going to teach you to do what is right, just, and fair. 
As every head is bowed, every eye closed.